You use sources, which are different from our principles, give us something to reflect and consider. Source one is direct experience of that transcending mystery and wonder affirmed in all cultures, which moves us to a renewal of the spirit and an openness to the forces which create and uphold life. When I first heard this, my focus was, was on those first two words, direct experience. My interpretation being, I don't have to go through a priest or rabbi, shaman, etc., to talk to a higher power. Something about it reminded me of that line from the Blues Brothers movie, when Jake says, I don't want to listen to no jive-ass preacher talking to me about heaven and hell. Like Jake, maybe I'm a bit defiant. Maybe I'm wondering what makes another human qualified to get between me and spiritual mystery. A long, long time ago in a city far, far away, I was 13 and making my confirmation in the Catholic Church. I was told I had to do something scary, something unusual, something that didn't really seem logical to me. I had to go to confession. I can still remember standing in that cold church vestibule with 50 other confirmation candidates whispering, what are we supposed to say? What are you going to say? We knew the deal was confess our sins. But really, we were middle school students, most of us well-behaved straight-aid students. I was a naive girl who pretty much followed all the rules back then. What could I possibly have to confess? I've never even been kissed at that point. And why, I wondered, did a priest need to hear a confession from me in order for my taking part in confirming my faith? Truly, if I were brave enough at 13, I should have told my parents that I didn't want to continue with that religion. But besides the fear of taking a stand against my whole family, I also knew not being confirmed meant no party, no new dress, no possibility of collecting monetary gifts that might allow me a purchase of coveted new Jordache jeans. Being child three out of four, I didn't get special treatment very often. So of course I was going to get confirmed. But what was I going to tell this priest? One by one, my religious education classmates were going in and out of the confessional booth, and I was sweating about what little white lie I could make up to tell the priest. Yes, I was considering a lie for confession. <laughs> now, if that's not twisted, I don't know what is. The whole process didn't make any sense to me back then, and it still doesn't today. Now, I'm sure I've diverged here a bit on source one, but direct experience does resonate with me. Those words are very important. And the rest of it, well, I'm sure Nick will do a lot more unpacking of this source in his sermon today. So let's get started, gather, and listen.
Well, today I have kind of a story for you, but it's actually also kind of a meditation. So find a good spot in your body and let some of these images come to your mind. Marty's got a few slides for me too. I highly recommend this story by Diana Farid. It's called When You Breathe, and it brings about such beautiful imagery for me. Tree leaves sway when it flows by. Birds need it to flutter and fly. It carries your favorite song, stirs with stardust, the grand atoms of the universe. Anybody ever do this? Tilt your head back. Let your face feel the sunshine. Take a big breath in and out. Outside, it's air. You breathe in, inhale, and then the inside air becomes your breath. When you breathe, whoosh, breath fills the upside down tree inside your rising chest. Breath wisps through the tree trunk and its white bark. It reaches deeper, it rushes into branches, bound for the tree's canopy. Breath blooms all at three tips like sprouting leaves on lush spring stems. Then those grand atoms, kind of imagine them like little stars, which make the stars burst across millions of marvelous buds. It takes just seconds for a piece of the sky to fill your heart. Go ahead and place your hand on your heart and feel that breath rise and fall. When you breathe, breath sparks every step, every hop, every ascending tune. You are light. When you breathe out, Exhale, you, your breath returns back to the breeze, becomes air again. Air vibrates chords. It lifts up your voice and soars above the tree leaves, beyond the birds. Stardust sparkles in your song and the universe rings with it. Air, breath, you. For simple things that are not simple at all. For miracles of the common way. Sunrise, sunset, seed time, harvest, hope, joy, ecstasy. For grace that turns our intentions into deeds, our compassion into helpfulness our pain into mercy. For providence that sustains and supports our needs, we lift our hearts in thankfulness and pray only to be more aware and thus more alive. To speak truly, few adult persons can see nature. 
Most persons do not see the sun, at least they have a very superficial seeing. The lover of nature is he whose inward and outward senses are still truly adjusted to each other, who has retained the spirit of infancy even into the era of manhood. In the woods, we returned to reason and faith. There I feel that nothing can befall me in life, no disgrace, no calamity, leaving me my eyes, which nature cannot repair. Standing on the bare ground, my head uh, bathed in the blithe air and uplifted into infinite space, all mean egotism vanishes. I become a transparent eyeball. I am nothing. I see all. The currents of the universal being circulate through me. I am part and particle of God. The name of the nearest friend sounds then foreign and accidental. To be brothers, to be acquaintances, master or servant is then a trifle and a disturbance. I am the lover of uncontained and immortal beauty. In the wilderness, I find something more dear and connate than in streets or villages. In the tranquil landscape, and especially in the distant line on the horizon, man beholds somewhat as beautiful as his own nature. The greatest delight which the fields and woods minister is the suggestion of an occult relation between man and the vegetable. Yet it is certain that the power to produce this delight does not reside in nature, but in man, or in a harmony of both. Gathered we are here in person and online in this hour, in this body, this congregation that gathers with love and compassion for all that is our lives this day. And I have to say that this chant that I've been singing for 20 years or longer feels good on my heart. It, its vibrations resonate outward that which has been cooped up for too long to gather, a longing to gather, to be together, to sing, to begin again in love. Again and again throughout this, throughout the many struggles that have shaped the first two years of this decade, we have found power and resilience in being together as a community, to stick together as a community. And so I give thanks this morning to be gathered here with you in the mystery of this precious hour we have. Today, as Lori mentioned, marks the beginning of a six-week sermon series on the sources of Unitarian Universalism. If you weren't aware, there are six defined sources that shape our living tradition historically and all the way up to the present day. Each week for the next six weeks, we will reflect on one of these sources and consider how 
how this might be a source of truth and meaning in our living tradition and whether, whether this might be a source of value in your life or in our life as a congregation. Our centering hymn gathered here invites us into the mystery, into this hour of this life we share together of this wonder-filled time we have before us. In doing so, it connects each of us to our first Unitarian Universalist source. And it's a bit of a mouthful, so I have Marty uh, put it up on screen for us. It says that our first few sources that as a congregation and other Unitarian congregations affirm and promote the direct experience of that transcending mystery and wonder affirmed in all cultures, which moves us to a renewal of the spirit and an openness to the forces which create and uphold life. I'll say it one more time. As congregations, we affirm and promote direct experience of that transcending mystery and wonder affirmed in all cultures, which moves us to a renewal of the spirit and an openness to the forces which create and uphold life. While there are no hierarchies among the six sources, I think it is helpful that this one is listed first because it names a central concept in Unitarian Universalism specifically and in liberal religion generally, and that is the value of individual direct experience. The promotion and affirmation of each of our capacity to directly experience. It doesn't really matter what, but just that we have the capacity to directly experience is a radical notion, even to this day, because it evens out the playing field of thought and value. Direct experience empowers all of us rather than just empowering some of us, such as the clergy or a monarchy or a political figure. It empowers all of us to be the experiencers of life and meaning. In other words, and I hate to admit this, you don't really need me to fully experience the mystery and wonder in this life. Although I hope I add some value to your journey. Instead, you have the power. You, each of us, have this tremendous, ancient, and universal capacity for direct embodied experience. The next element of the first UU source is about what we are experiencing. Our source, our source names it in the widest lens possible, namely as mystery and wonder. Mystery and wonder is what we can experience, whether it is looking into the eyes of a newborn, which I've been doing a lot lately, or sitting at the bedside of a loved one who is sick, whether it, it's looking up at the stars at night or at a tide pushing the grains of sand along the shore, whether it's looking at a piece of art or listening to music or creating music or witnessing a community creating something wonderful right before our eyes. All of these mysteries, whatever they may be, open our hearts 
and minds to the wonder of existence. These experiences, our individual experiences, open us to the wonder-filled nature of all that is our lives. Like all of the sources of Unitarian Universalism, this one connects with a particular time in our history as a religious tradition. It's sort of like picking up a stone, uh, a value, something that we carry along this journey as a religious community. Most notably, this first UU source connects with an American school of thought known as transcendentalism. I've spoken about this in the past. Transcendentalism is about the human experience to experience transcendence and to transcend the intermediary separating each from what is true and meaningful to them. The transcendentalist movement in the United States intersects quite a lot with Unitarianism, which is one half of our family tree. And perhaps the most notable and defining publication on transcendentalism was written by Unitarian minister and iconoclast, Ralph Waldo Emerson, and it's titled Nature. In the reading I shared this morning, Emerson argues for a radical freedom in life to experience the uncontained and immortal beauty of existence. He, like many, wrote of the particularly positive ability to experience mystery and wonder most purely in nature, away from institutions and people, away from light pollution and polluted schools of indoctrination and sectarianism. It is in nature and in our nature that Emerson believed we can delight in a deeper wondering and experience of all that is. By connecting with one's deepest sense of self or conscience, one might connect with a greater sense of the whole, of the collective, or in Emerson's words, the universal being. We might express that in 21st century language here at UUCCI as the interdependent web of existence. And through this journey, we arrive at an ethic of care for all. The first source frames it this way, that through our direct experiences of wonder and mystery, we find a greater openness to the forces which create and uphold life. This is an ethical statement of a desire as human beings to further life, to extend life, to recognize our responsibility as individuals and societies that can on the one hand create and uphold life and on the other hand tragically fail to do so. Does this start to make sense? It is from our direct experiences of mystery that our wonder and awe emerge and through this awe and wonder we are able to see a little more clearly, or as Emerson, as Emerson writes, standing on the bare ground, my head bathed in the blithe air and uplifted into infinite space, all mean egotism vanishes 
I become a transparent eyeball. I am nothing. I see all. Our egos become right size, not destroyed, but extended to a wider experience, a vantage of existence, regardless of our capacity to name it. And in that humility and clarity or greater clarity, we are moved towards the actions that create and uphold life. Other sources throughout these next five weeks will speak more directly to our ethics and actions uh, in a more direct way. But for now, we are oriented towards this inward, outward dynamic of human experience, of integrating that which we experience outward with our deepest understandings inward that we may then move forward in love. The late UU minister, the Reverend Gordon B. McKeeman, often adds words where they are needed most. He writes of this alchemy, this transformation from experience of life on one hand to the commitment to life on the other. Lori shared these words this morning and I'd like to share them again. For simple things that are not simple at all, for miracles of the common way, sunrise and sunset, seed time and harvest, hope, joy, ecstasy. For grace that turns our intentions into deeds, for our compassion into helpfulness, our pain into mercy. For providence that sustains and supports our needs. We lift our hearts in thankfulness and pray only to be more aware and thus more alive. I love how this ends. We lift our hearts in thankfulness and pray only to be more aware and thus more alive. In many ways, that is all we do here. We try to help us to become more aware and more alive. We seek to embody gratitude here. We open our eyes to what is happening around us and within us, and we become ever more alive in this community, alive to all that is. May our lives together in these warming days bring us out into the world alive and ready to love it and fight for it. May it be so. And amen. <laughs>